This is the 200 Churches Podcast, episode 32. This is the 200 Churches Podcast, created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. Now, here are two gentlemen that lead in a 200 church and strive to provide information that will make you smile, think, and be challenged. Oh, and they're all around nice guys, Jeff and Johnny. Thanks so much for listening. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig. This is Jeff Katie. Today, we are talking about exploring creative communication methods, and today we're going to use the method of monotone talking with extreme boredom. <laughs> how, long, how long could you listen to that? Yeah, I couldn't listen to that too long. I don't think so. That would be miserable. So thank you for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Right. My name is Jeff Katie. And I'm here with my pal, Johnny Craig, and we're here to talk to you today about why you should explore creative communication methods in your church. Now, creative communication methods, Johnny, might be somewhat um, intimidating for people to hear that long phrase with those 50-cent words. Maybe you could break it down for us. Well, I, I think the main point is just we want people, we want leaders and pastors to explore different ways of communicating truth with their people. And that, and that might be within a sermon. It might be uh, within the broader context of a service. But what we're, what we're really trying to encourage you to do is to, to take a look at what you're doing and say, how could we expand this? How could we move this, bend it, twist it, make it a little bit more creative, a little more engaging in order to uh, move, move the message forward? So let me, let me start it out by using an example. Okay, creative communication method. This was this was a high risk one that I did about a year and a half ago. So the top of my pulpit was fashioned in such a way that it didn't fit my Bible and my notes very well. So I went out on a limb, I took a risk, and I had one of our volunteers who's a great woodworker, he took it off, he redesigned it, and he put on a new one so that my Bible and my notes fit a lot better. That is what you call cutting edge experimentation <laughs> on creative communication methods. Don't, don't tell people that. That's horrible advice. <laughs> okay, now, seriously, we want to tell you why you should explore some creative communication methods in your communicating of the gospel, of the Word of God to people in your 200 church. Johnny, what's the first one? The first reason is because what is wrote soon becomes uh, meaningless. And so if you're getting up and you're doing the same thing every week, uh, what do they call it? Three points in a poem, right? Amen. You're getting up, you're standing stodgily behind your pulpit, you're rocking your three points in a poem. It's just, it's going to get to a point with people where they're, they know what to expect, they're just showing up, and it, it's kind of losing meaning, and it's losing impact, and what you're saying is starting to flow through people because they're not paying attention, because what is rote becomes meaningless. I was in a church van with a group of teenagers on a missions trip 17 years ago this summer, and they were laughing at a song that we sang at our church because, by the way, for the three and a half years that I had been at that church, we sang this song every single Sunday following the offering, every single Sunday. And it was, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Now, I, re I want to sing it for you, but I'm going to resist. <laughs> I'm going to resist the urge. Now, 
that's a great song if you sing it once every four or five or six months. It's a great message, yeah. Maybe two or three times a year. We literally sang it for years every single Sunday, and it became a point of ridicule from the teenagers as well it should have. Yeah. So the roteness of it, not only did it become, uh, what was it, What was the word we used here? We, we said it became meaningless. It also became a point of, of derision, and uh, that's, what, that's what happens. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that roteness, that sameness to make things meaningless. You work hard on your sermons. You work hard to, to craft uh, what you're going to say, and you work hard to listen to God to hear, hey, what do my people need? What do I need right now? The last thing that you want is to get up there and have what you say get lost in the fuzz of all the roteness and all of the sameness. Um, it's time to break out of that rut. And sameness dulls the senses. Yeah. You know, over and over and over. You know, it's like anything. You move into a new house and you've got some stuff that you need to do to fix to fix up the new house and you don't do it in the first 6 months and after a while you don't see it anymore because it's the same every single day and you just don't see it. It dulls your senses. I just I put some um I put some doors down into the basement of our house, some sliding barn doors to kind of divide the room. And I put them up, and they're just they're just wood, you know. And my wife said something about, "Hey, uh, you got to paint those doors at some point." Well, I'm not great. Once the job is done, <laughs> once the hard part is done, it's harder for me sometimes to finish off that little stuff like painting. Uh, and so the doors are not painted not to this painted, day. Are they? Oh no, they're not painted. And it's been it's been four months now. And uh, and I said to her the other day, "Hey, do you want me to paint these doors?" And she said. No, I'm kind of just used to looking at them like this now. It's not a big deal. No big deal, right? Why bother? Exactly. And, you know, that's that's what happens when people come in and they listen to the same thing every Sunday. At least the same kind of stuff in the same kind of way. It's, ah, eh, no big deal. I don't really need to listen that hard. This is why we have guests on the podcast. This is, I mean, this, we try to do creative things even on this podcast. Is just because we don't want you to be listening and saying, man, these guys can really talk a lot. We want to change things up. We want to hit you with some creative new things. So on either side of this podcast, we've got guests. And it just, it, it just helps. It helps. It, it helps that there's two of us and not just one of us. That's true. Because with one person, you've still got that, that sameness. So it's really creativity and creative change really at every and any level in your ministry. It keeps people interested, and it keeps people engaged because that you just become disengaged when things are the same all the time. If there's no surprise, if there's nothing unexpected, you, you just disengage because you could just do everything on autopilot. Jeff, you and I were just talking about this in our church, that we've kind of, we've kind of established a change culture. And it's not like big tidal wave changes, but there's a certain point where if somebody came into our church next Sunday and something was different, a banner was taken down, a table was in a different place, a picture was removed, simple things that could cause a stir in some churches. I mean, people, they're just used to things changing by now. I mean, they're just rolling with the punches. If you have a church where uh, you've got a facility that's always getting changed, maybe it's a multi-purpose facility, you might not understand that. But in a church that's been around for decades and things are the same every single Sunday, literally, if you move a table or if you move a chair or a piece of furniture in the church, it could throw some people into a tailspin. Exactly. And keeping people interested, you can't understate the importance of that. When people when people think to themselves, if I miss church, I miss something. If I miss church, I'm missing out on something that's happening. They're interested in what is happening at your church on a Sunday morning. 
that you can't really overstate the value of something like that because now you have people coming and they're ready and you have the opportunity to share with them the word of God and you have that opportunity. And so creative communication, um, it just, it just, it breeds that environment of change. It makes things more interesting and it keeps people invested, keeps people interested. And it may sound shallow to say interest is what we're looking for, but when you're sharing the Word of God with people, you think maybe you want them to be interested yeah. in what you're saying. And it's just, you know, it's classic. Too many churches for too long have created disinterested congregations. I've been a part of that. I've been a part of that over the years, and I certainly don't would not want to continue it or resurrect it in my context. And while we're on the subject of creativity and creative change, we should note that creativity requires experimentation. I mean, you've got to experiment with things. So just because you change something or you try something new, it doesn't mean that it's going to work, and it doesn't mean that it's going to last. It's, it means that it's an experiment. Yeah, Jeff, you and I have we've co-preached a number of times since I came, and I would say that there's been an improvement every single time as we've experimented with different um, formulas for how something like that looks. And so the first time you do something, I think this is a John Maxwell law, the first time you do something, you're going to do it poorly. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. Don't stop experimenting. Don't stop trying to put together a formula that will help keep people interested, that will be creative. And experimentation is really the only way for us to discover best practices. Absolutely. You know, I mean, you're not going to do something the first time. I'm going to go out and golf, you know, for the first time, and I'm going to have the best golf swing, you know, right out the gate. It just isn't going to happen. Right. And that's not going to happen with any ministry uh, practices either. You know, you start, when you first start, you're going to be bad. So you just got to get through the bad starts to get to something that's okay, and then something that's better, and then something that maybe at some point is good. So as we experiment, and as we experiment with creative communication methods, um, we're giving people new experiences. Uh, We're providing new experiences for people who maybe have been in the church for a long time and not seen something like this or not seen it used. And what happens is God uses new experiences um, to to create new perspectives for people. And this is a reality Jeff and I were just talking about. I took a, a group of students on a missions trip and to see them in, the, in a different context, to, they're getting new experiences. God starts to work through that, giving them new perspectives, and God works through those experiences to really change hearts and change lives. And the truth is God himself is, is creative, right? Yeah. He loves variety. One of Rick Warren's favorite illustrations is to talk about the 30,000 different types of beetles that there are. And in some of his speech, in some of his messages, there he says 30,000. Some of his messages, he says 60,000. So somewhere between 30,000 and 60,000 <laughs> different <laughs> types of beetles because God is creative. I mean, he, you look at creation, there's all kinds of different stuff all throughout creation. Yet when you walk into one of our churches, it's the same week after week after week. Yeah. And we wonder why people are bored with the Word of God. And the thing is, creativity honors the Word of God. Why, why if God chose to communicate with us in various ways, through history, through narrative, through poetry, through whatever you want to call Song of Solomon, if He chose to communicate with us in all those different ways, why do we get up and communicate the same way about that Word? Uh, you know, he communicated with us creatively, and I think that we honor the Word of God when we 
communicate it creatively to others. When we explore creative communication methods and when we experiment, the truth is we're just going to become a better communicator. I mean, we, we've got to try new things. And when we speak and communicate and teach and preach the same way week after week after week, well, the truth is we become stale and we're not, we actually are becoming a worse communicator and the only way to become a better communicator is by experimenting and trying new things. Yeah, don't think just because you've always done something one way or because the pastors at your church have always done something one way that you have to do that because it's getting stale. I guarantee it. I guarantee it's getting stale. And we need to have uh, we need to embrace creative communication in order to stave off that staleness. But now, Jeff, we've said that a lot. Creative communication. Communicate creatively. Methods for creatively communicating. But what are we talking about? What does that look like? We're talking like? about creatively saying the same thing in the <laughs> Department of Redundancy Department. That's what we're talking about. That's, what, that, that's the rename of today's podcast. No, let's give them some examples. I mean, it's nice to talk about creative communication, but you know, what type of things fall under that category? Well, like, like you know, we've used an overhead projector. You know, we get those those clear. They're called um, they're they're called transparencies. You've got these markers that you can write on them, and you could put like you could change the lyrics on the fly if you wanted to. Just wet your finger and wipe off a word, and you can write another word down there. I mean that you don't have to use a computer. <laughs> you don't have to save stuff. I mean, so overhead projectors would be a joke in this day and age. So let's talk about something in terms of creative communication. The yes. first year that I was here at our church, and that was like you know nine years ago. Uh, we actually started using video projection. So that was something at the time that was creative. Today, you know, everybody and their brother uses video projection of one sort or another, and it's really not all that exciting. It doesn't need to be exciting as much as it needs to be, and that type of a thing needs to be helpful. It needs to be helpful. It needs to augment your message. It shouldn't steal your message. It should just be helpful. So you know that's a real easy one. Video projection. Uh, what's another one we've done, Johnny? Well, we've we've also, in addition to the video projection, we've put a TV up on the platform before. That's new, and we've used it to uh, kind of, <laughs> kind of. We've used it to have bi- uh, Bible verses, scripture. Uh, we've used it to have slides. Um, we've used it in a lot of ways, and again, I don't think we've hit on the right way to use it yet. I don't think that we've hit on the best way to use that, but we keep on experimenting. Because it throws it, it throws people for a loop a little bit. It gets their attention. What's the TV doing on the platform? You know, it's that it's just that little creative element, and you experiment with it and figure out what to do. Also, something we did uh, that you were worried about, Jeff, is we got rid of your pulpit. You you had just gotten a brand new top for it, but we we got rid of the whole thing. Well, anyway. I got to use it for like a year. Well, don't say we got rid of it. What if our church people are listening to this? We <laughs> didn't actually pulpit, get rid of it. The pulpit is in the back room. Don't get us in trouble. The pulpit is in the back room. It's in safe. It's in safe. Well, keeping. we hadn't used it. We hadn't used it in like six months. Right. Literally six months. We so had the we, same guy who built uh, who built Jeff the pulpit top built us a real nice table that we use. Beautiful table. And we use we've used music stands. Just preached off of music stands in the past. We want. We want people to not know what's going to happen on a Sunday morning. And so using a variety of, uh, of methods, even just what you're standing behind, can make an impact on your message. Let's talk about team preaching because this is something, as we were talking about this the other day, we, we realized, and I didn't think about this before, but the fact that neither one of us had actually ever seen 
anybody team preach before. Nope. For me, with the exception of years ago, seeing Rick Warren team preach with his with one of his pastors, and the guy just got up, he did one of the points, and he sat down, and that was team preaching. And at that time, that was somewhat creative. Sure. Well, and we've done it that way. We've done sit down, stand up, sit down, We've done stand a 50-50. Up. We've done a 50-50. Um, but most recently, we did almost like a conversational uh, style. You talked a little, I talked a little. You talk, and we're both standing up there the whole time, um, and it's it keeps people engaged. So think about in your in your church in your context. Maybe you're in a living room. You know, maybe you're in a in a school. Maybe you're in a just a small facility, or maybe you're in you know a 200 church auditorium. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had somebody else come up and help you present the message? Fifty uh, fifty. You know, you do the first half, they do the second half, or they're up there the whole time. I mean, it takes some chemistry between people to do that. But again, if you never experiment with it then it's never going to happen and you'll never get it right. Exactly. And, and so, don't, don't be afraid. Yeah, and the team preaching has been it's been fun for Johnny and I to do together, but then I think it's been really good for our people to be able to just hear two different voices almost at the same time. Yeah. Another online tool that we've used is we've used uh, the, the things that uversion.com offers, particularly uh, message notes and you can uh, a way to follow along in the service on your iPad, your iPhone, your Android, really any tablet device, you can follow along with that. We've I've gotten a little lax on that in the last few months because it does take some work, and it does take some creativity to think through how you want to present right. your message in the order of your service because, again, if somebody's got their iPhone or their tablet sitting on their lap replacing perhaps their, their physical Bible, you've got to, there's got to be a reason to do it. In other words... Don't don't do it just to be cool or to be trendy, but if you're going to try and be cool and be trendy, also have a really good purpose for doing it with a desired outcome. And the nice thing about Uversion um is it does there's place for congregational involvement. You can add poll questions, you can add open-ended questions, prayer requests, and it opens things up for a response that usually doesn't exist within a sermon. I mean, usually a sermon is you or me or both of us get up, we preach, uh, and then it's done. But version gives people a chance to take the, take a little, like, what do you think about this? How many times a week do you do this? You know, those types of little quizzes that just engage people in a different way. And for most of this past school year, this last school year, uh, I actually put the small group discussion guide at the end of the version notes. So people would come in with their Android phones or their iPhones, and they would just fire it up, and there's all the small group discussion questions are right there for them. Something else we did this this year was we had the unique opportunity. We had a snow day Sunday, and uh, we actually had the opportunity to to record the sermon in Jeff's office, almost like a podcast. Uh, and so we got to sit there and we got to record the sermon there and put it out. We put it out online and then just encouraged our people to listen to it. Um, but you can do cool things just through a recording that you might not be able to do uh, on a live um, preaching. And what we used that for was we just, we didn't, uh, we preached that message that day and people had to go online and listen to it because we were going to go on to the next message the following week, which we did. And I think when we asked people, I would say probably 25, 30% of the people had actually listened to it, which I think is pretty good because 10 years ago or even two years ago, nobody would have probably gotten on and listened <laughs> to it like that. So they're getting a little bit used to getting involved in creative ways to listen to our messages. 
Something that may not be as creative, but we should be paying attention to is the lighting and sound wherever we are. Yeah. I mean, it could be it could be a living room, you know, it could be a, a town hall, it could be a school, it could be a church building. But lighting and sound is is pretty important, and you know, you're not going to have the best stuff. I don't think any of us, as soon as we have the best stuff, it's not the best stuff anymore because something better has been created. Yeah. But we can continue to improve and we continue to move forward in those areas. And then there's just it's little things. We used to have about a hundred. That's an exaggeration, but it was so, so many fake trees on the platform. Just more fake. It was a forest of fake trees on the platform. It was horrible. Well, I didn't have to water them. <laughs> so we've cleaned out the clutter. I think we have two two fake trees, which is, you know, still too, too many in my mind, but whatever. We've left the two best up there. The two best But there's trees. not much else on the platform. I mean, yeah. there's a baby grand, and then there's whatever else we need for that Sunday. Other than that, it's a pretty clear platform. And that gives that gives you, the speaker, an opportunity to share creatively without a whole bunch of distraction all around you. So clear off your platform. Just make your platform better to look at. And then there's simple things. Printed handouts. I mean, that's not any new uh, innovation. But how can you use printed handouts differently than you've seen used? How can you use printed handouts in a way that augments your sermon, not just, hey, fill in these blanks with my three points. So on a Sunday morning, we've got some options. How are people going to take in God's Word? Am I going to put it up on the screens, the big screens, and that's where they're going to see the Scripture? Is it going to be on their printed handouts? Am I going to put it up on the TV that we sometimes use on the platform? Are they going to read it out of their real Bible? Is it going to be within the version message, you know, inserted in there on their iPad or iPhone? I mean, there's all these different ways, and you know, at some point, sometimes this could get a little overwhelming and confusing. So you have to be real, real, real careful. But again, there's so many different ways to be creative to help people to to hear God's word. There's always also things like showing a video as a part of an illustration. Uh, Jeff, you showed a great video on uh, on Sunday. Um, you did a we did a series at, at our church called uh, What Love Is, and on the first Sunday. Uh, Jeff showed the foreigner music video for "I Want to Know What Love Is." <laughs> no, I can't, Johnny. You can sing that part. I'm not going to. Come it. on, everybody wants to hear it. I sang it in church uh, on that Sunday. I sang it in church. Yeah, some people don't remember that song. Oh goodness, I'm not going to sing that song. <laughs> uh, we also, uh, you know, just illustrations. I know Ob- what love is. <laughs> See, you made me sing it. There you go. Yeah. Let's keep going. Illustrations, object lessons. Um, I had a pastor who took a bucket of chickpeas up on stage with him once and threw them all over the all over the congregation uh, as a way of showing this you know this is how we're supposed to be spreading the word of God and he was just showering people with these chickpeas that stuck with me I mean that uh, he I preached that guy preached a lot of messages that I went to that one sticks with me because that was creative a lot of messages that you went to that you don't remember yeah today. absolutely I mean we've preached let's let's face it all of us we've preached messages we don't remember. But we remember our own illustrations. Yep. There was a Sunday when I when I was talking about relationships and how important relationships were and how important shared experiences were within relationships, that relationships grow and deepen through shared experiences. So I had some peanut butter Oreos. Now, some of you don't even know that there are peanut butter Oreos that exist. I didn't know, but I found out that week, and I decided to bring somebody up on the platform who also had never had a peanut butter Oreo, and the two of us would experience peanut butter Oreos together. So we went off to the side of the platform. I had chairs set up there. I had a little table, and I got out the peanut butter Oreos, and we ate them, and you know what? They really weren't that good, but 
people will remember the peanut butter Oreos and the lady who stood up and said, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm in. I'll do it. And she came up and we had a shared experience together. Another thing we did at our church was uh, we actually, we gave everybody in the congregation. Wait, wait, wait. Don't tell them. We were in my office and you wanted some kind of a way that our message was going to stick at the end. It was it was the end of a series. It was right? the end of what I want to know. What love there you is. go. There you it was go. The end now of that. you're into it. Okay. <laughs> and but we wanted we wanted there to be something concrete. We wanted them to actually do something. And so we had to put a little skin in the game. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and we thought, what can we do? What can we leave these these people an impactful type of illustration, but also right that tangible thing? You can go out and show somebody else what love is. And we gave five dollars to everybody who came that Sunday morning. Uh, and I don't remember how many people came, but we were prepared to spend quite a bit of money. This was our money. I mean, we, we didn't take this out of the church coffers. This was Jeff and I both ponied up a little bit. Uh, and and cashed out on this thing, but it was worth it. Go big, do something crazy. It's gonna stick in people's mind. And our wives even let us do it. They weren't crazy about it, but yeah, they let they us. They let do us it. take the money out of their mouths and give it to the congregation. Yep, that's right. That was pretty cool. And you know, when our wives ag- agreed that we could do this, that just gave us that much more encouragement to say to our congregation, hey, take this $5 and go out and do something. Share God's love with somebody. And we encouraged our people to add money to it, to multiply it, and to give a lot away. Exactly. In my very first church, in my first ministry um, 25 years ago, on a Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday morning, I tried something creative. I literally got, many of you would have heard the, the uh, children's radio show, Odyssey. Adventures in Odyssey. It's put out by Focus on the Family, and I don't know if they're still doing it anymore even, but it started probably 25, 30 years ago. I heard it on the radio. I recorded one of the programs, and I got a boombox, and I put it on the communion table Easter Sunday morning, and for the message time of that service, I pushed play, and I let them hear this this reenacted Adventures and Odyssey of the Resurrection. I was real nervous about doing it. I thought, you know, people want the Word of God. They want me, they want the man of God with the Word of God and the black leather Bible, and I better be preaching on the resurrection. It's Easter. I, yeah, it's Easter. Yeah. Easter Sunday, so I, I took a chance, I pushed play, and I let it go. I don't remember how long it was, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. At the end, I mean, the people wrapped attention to this thing. And back then, you didn't have a whole lot of stuff like that. So it was, it was pretty new even for that time. But this little old lady, Vernus was her first name. She comes up to me after the service, and I'm thinking, oh, man, she's going to let me have it. And she came up and she says, you know what, Pastor? I was pretty upset with you when you put that boombox on that communion table. But my goodness, that was wonderful. I could see the resurrection and the cross and the people, and that was wonderful. That's when I realized how how important illustrations, object lessons, experimentation, and creative, creativity. Yeah, creative communication. Exactly. That's the, that's the most important. I mean, truly, if there's one thing we want you to take away from today, it's get out there and try some stuff. Try some new things. Get get a little crazy. Get a little brave. Not too crazy, but get a little crazy, a little brave, and do some creative things at your church. Start slow. Build to something bigger. Uh, but you can do it. You really can do it. You have it in you. You have these ideas. You just got to get out there and make them happen. 
Put the boombox on the communion table and make it happen. So uh, our prayer for you this week is that as you prepare your messages for Sunday, uh, that you would that you would say, hey, how can I creatively communicate God's word today? What can I do to move the envelope forward uh, for these people? So thanks so much for listening to the 200 Churches podcast. We can't wait to have you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. Feel free to give the guys feedback or ask questions at 200churches.com. And remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church matters big in the kingdom of God.